One, two, three, four. Too loud guys. Too loud guys. Hello, welcome to Too Loud Guys. Yet another edition of with me, Danicorn, and me, Corey Gardner, Mr. Seaguard himself. Ah, uh, we're gonna talk about some music and things. What up? How's, how's your uh, week yeah. been? Uh, my week's been real good. I mean, it was North by Northeast this last weekend. It so was. If y'all aren't in Toronto, well, how was Real Big Fish, man? Uh, well, let me get to it. I I'm missed gonna... out on Real Big Fish. Man, you should have come. It was I was, I'm amazing. really, I'm super was so pissed good. that I wasn't there. <laughs> but I'll get to it. I'll get to that eventually. I feel like I should talk about most of my North by Northeast experience. Yeah, right on. North by Northeast is like this big music festival in Canada that, or, or in Toronto that goes, sort of goes through the entire week. Um, I get into shows for free because I got a media pass for it. <clears throat> and uh, so Thursday, I went to go see Protest the Hero. That was awesome. That was North by Northeast show? Yep. yep. Cool. It was. Friday, I got to see... Uh, oh, I, just, I went to this label barbecue thing. Right. And uh, there were a couple bands playing there that I saw that were okay. Um, Saturday, I saw Flaming Lips. I'm supposed to see Radiohead. Which is, I guess, this is like, I guess, the big piece of news this week, yeah, which this I may as well get into. Which is that, um, yeah, so there's supposed to be a Radiohead show here on Saturday, and the stage. In Toronto. Yeah, in Toronto. And the, um, the, the stage collapsed an hour before the gates were supposed to be open to let people in. Uh, killed one guy, killed their drum tech, um, and injured like three other people. Yeah, that's really tragic. Yeah, pretty tragic. It's pretty fucked up, also. Like,. There was a real black cloud hanging over the proceedings of the Flaming Lips set as well. Yeah, especially because a lot of people were dicks and just being like, oh yeah, yeah this is good, but it's not Radiohead. Yeah, because everybody who was supposed to be a Radiohead was there. It was, it was a shitty situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I ended up going to Flaming Lips, and uh, you were there. I was. What did you think of it? Flaming Lips, actually, since as someone who doesn't really dig Flaming Lips all that much. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of thought that seeing them live would kind of change my opinion of them, and it might have if I had kind of really actually experienced the show, yeah. but I was very distanced from it because I was hanging out, like, way, way back. Yeah. It was just too crowded. Even for me, Because you know, all like, the radio was, had people. I was pretty far away from, from like, we couldn't even yeah, push our yeah. way all that way in. Like, we couldn't even get past, like, that virgin tent. Mm. That, like, wow, you were that far back, eh? Yeah, we were like we we huh. were we were watching the whole thing on the screen. See, the we, whole time we, we I thought you guys were like way closer. We could not get close because it seemed to see like the stage. we as a group were plowing our way through, but then when there was like two other girls, we were just, like we're going back. We just hit a like, stop. Right. We just hit yeah. like a hit a hit a brick wall there. <clears throat> a brick wall made of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really good show, but it was just yeah, it was really far away and yeah, and I missed. Do you dicks. realize? Because I had to pee. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it sucked. I didn't know. I guess I thought their set was gonna like was going on longer, so I didn't think I was gonna miss the end of it. But mm. I missed. Do you realize? That's too uh, bad. They play. They don't use. She don't use jelly really early on. Yeah, for sweet. Yeah, they don't really do any of their. Like that's the only old song they still do. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're kind of beyond that stuff at this point. They do, like, like the, some of the coolest parts when they got into, like, just really spacey sections where it sounded kind of like they were jamming and it was kind of weird and they probably weren't jamming. No, a lot of that stuff is, like, embryonic, though. embryonic stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, lot of, a lot of that stuff. Uh, yeah, they did, they did one of the, the longer instrumentals off of Soft Bulletin. They did that. Mm, you're right. Uh, did you see him do, like, the sweet hand thing? And no. What? Because I was sitting on the floor, so there were points where I'd be standing and seeing stuff on the screen, oh, but a lot were. of it I missed. Yeah, I basically wasn't yeah, at that show. Yeah, you basically weren't at that show. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I thought it was really good, but yeah, it was definitely a bummer to miss Radiohead, and... Yeah. Uh, do you, what's happening with that? Are they giving you your money back, or are they just gonna, I haven't they heard yet. They it? might reschedule it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, it was kind of cool when they played a radio. Yeah, they played... No, they played Knives Out. 
Oh, that's why I didn't recognize it. It yeah. sounded a lot like Paranoid Android, but different. There were parts of it that sounded like that, and then there was, when it first started, it sounded like they were going to do Karma Police. Yeah, that too, uh, for sure. But no, and then they did the chorus, and it was like, oh, it's Knives Out, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not one of my, like, that's a, that's a, that's a song on Amnesiac, I believe. Oh, okay. Which is definitely not my favorite Radiohead album by any It's funny how I was still able, like, I mean, obviously it was prefaced by them talking about Radiohead, so that was partially how I knew. It was yeah. funny how it just, like, I could just tell they were playing a Radiohead <laughs> song, yeah. even though I didn't actually know what it was and thought it was off OK Computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then yesterday we saw Real Big Fish, which was not part of North by Northeast. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to see Ghostface and Raekwon, but yeah. it just wasn't feasible. Um, we didn't end up even getting downtown. We didn't even get up, get up, get to the Sound Academy until 8.40. Mm-hmm. And then by the time, like, when we got there, so we thought Real Big Fish were going to go on last because that's the name that was on the ticket. Right, they were the headliner. Yeah, or so you thought, but it actually turned out that Goldfinger went on last. Oh, so we really? got there that's and shitty. we were like, we, we missed the first like 10 minutes of Real Big Fish. Oh man. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, we probably missed them do, uh... Trendy? No, we, no, we heard Trendy. Oh, nice. They don't open with it anymore? Well, they just... They never... Like, I they, just like they, to think they, that they their set their is always no, the live changed, album. They changed their set quite a bit, and that live album is taken from, like, that entire tour. Yeah, that's true. Together. But it still just sounds like Trendy is the beginning of a show. Well, it definitely is. It was the beginning of one show on that tour. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um... Do so you think within a tour they're always changing up the set list? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, that that like our live album is better than your live album is way longer than any set they would ever do. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's actually you get like a DVD with the CD, and like there's a bonus feature on there about recording it and sort of like doing some overdubs and stuff. Mm. And like there's a I like that they're open about that. Like I guess it sounds oh like they're really open. But... It's actually really funny. There's because there's also on the DVD there's like a live concert. It's not the same concert from from the the CDs. It's a different one entirely. Mm. Um, and there's a part where um, at the, the where Aaron Barrett starts off a song and he's like doing like a ska thing. And he drops his pick, and he looks at the camera and goes, oh, shit. Like, he mouths it, but, like, there's still guitar going on in the background. Oh, uh, so they opened up the DVD <laughs> as well. Yeah. And there's, like, if you listen to the commentary, like, there are songs where they'll be like, oh, man, this sounds like there's, like, two trumpets and two trombones on it or something. <laughs> you know? That's a good impression of, of uh, Scotty. I guess so. My voice is fucked from last night, so... Mm. That's, I feel like that's part of part of why that yeah, happened. You must have been shouting along. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I haven't had a bang over in a long time. Mm. Uh, I have one today. It's, nice. it's been a while, <laughs> long, long time. Yeah, that show was great. Just like fucking ran in there and went right into the crowd. And I gotta and, get like, to a good punk show, man. It's been so long. It's been like last summer. Well, like what's great about Ruby Fish is that like they have a really good audience generally. Yeah, I uh, one so. of the only crowds I've ever seen that I actually think is pretty good, uh, especially because this one was a nineteen and over show. So it's mostly just people in like their early twenties and like mid twenties and stuff. Yeah. Who just, like, just go in there, have a good time. Probably even early thirties. Yeah, yeah, maybe around. And, and yeah, and just like prime. not you know no no moshing during skanking songs and everyone's mm. pretty chill and it was like yeah, yeah sweet. it was really really good. A really great set. And then I, we saw Goldfinger as well, who were like they were Goldfinger, they were okay. Yeah. I don't. I I will always consider Goldfinger a second rate. Ska or pop punk band, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they were fine. They Did they some, play Ninety Nine Red Balloons? Yep, play Ninety Nine Red Balloons. Yeah. So, but they played it at the end. So our plan was that we wanted to see Spokesman, Superman, and Ninety Nine Red Balloons. And they so they opened with Spokesman. They played Superman about halfway. through. I don't through. think I know those other two songs. Maybe I know Superman. Superman's the. That sounds like every ska punk song. It was in Tony Hawk One. That's, yeah, that's probably why I yeah. And then Spokesman was in Tony Hawk 4. Mm. 
So yeah, we just wanted to see the songs that were in Tony Hawk games and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then 99 Red Balloons. And so 99 Red Balloons was like their second last song. So we left right after that, mm. which was good because we ended up like beating the exit rush. Yeah, nice. And I got the CD of Turn the Radio off for five bucks. Cool. Which I do not own. I have, yeah, I have that. Now I have almost all of their albums on CD, I guess. Right on. Anyways, I was surprised that they didn't play any new stuff. At How all? do you know they didn't play new stuff? I mean, all? I guess they could have done it within that first ten minutes. Not oh, Goldfinger, Real, Real Big, Big Fish. Fish. Yeah, Real Big Fish have like a studio, uh, have an album that's like done now, and like it's they haven't released it yet, but they're releasing it, I think, in like a month. Yeah. And I was uh, a little surprised that they didn't play like one song from that. Hmm. But anyways, yeah, that show was great, and like sometimes I'll talk to people and tell them that I'm going to ska shows, and they kind of like sco- pardon me, they kind of like scoff at me. Why? Because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, that's like music that I listened to in high school or well, whatever. who? I don't know. What just kind of people? Pe- just people. jerks are ska um, having fun? I don't know. Yeah, but at the end of the day, just like a ska show is m- more fun than any show I've ever been to. Like, yeah. ska shows are always the most fun. And I mean, punk rock shows them. in general are the most fun. You're right. But especially but ska adding shows. adding the ska makes because, more like, of a party. Punk rock shows can be really annoying. Like, I went to go see No Effects, and just like, the crowd was fucking horrible. Just yeah. like, dumb, idiot punks. Just, like, the whole floor was just fucking violence and terrible shit. Yeah. I just, like, got pissed off at that show. I, I couldn't even enjoy it because I was just, like, too mad. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Also, that I punched some guy at Protest the Hero. Nice! Tell <laughs> me that story. It's not a very good story. But um, it was, like, this guy, and he had, like, a faux hawk. And he was, like, a fairly big guy and like a wearing, like, a tank top. And we, I was just, like, I was standing near the back at Protest. It was at Lee's. And I was like, I didn't want to get into the mosh pit at all. So I was like near the back of it. And then like this guy just fucking like bolts through the crowd sort of because he wants to get into the mosh pit. But instead of just like nudging his way, he decided to like push everyone aside. And mm. so just as he like pushed forward, I just like, just like my anger got the better of me and I just punched him in the back. Yeah. Did he respond to it? No, he didn't notice? respond to it. He didn't feel it. And then like a second after I punched him, I sort of went like, mm, this guy's pretty big. Maybe I shouldn't have punched him. But he didn't turn around. <laughs> That's so good stuff. It worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Punch him in the back. That was pretty good. <laughs> Punch um, you in the eye. Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess there aren't really any more stories I really want to. I really want to get into here. But yeah, Ruby Fish were great. I'm assuming you did not go see Ghostface or Ray. Unfortunately, Rayford. I was just way too tired. Oh, that's a bummer, dude. Yeah, it is a bummer. I, I'm really upset that I had to kind of miss out on North by Northeast this year. As much as well, I wasn't as excited about any of the acts this year as I've been in the past anyway, it was still like, you know, the last two years it was kind of just Why didn't like you go thing. on, I mean, I guess Thursday you would have had, you would have had work on the Friday. Why yeah. didn't you go on Friday? Because Friday was the party. Oh, so you decided to, to go to the party as opposed to go to, yeah. Because yeah. who was it? It was like Bad Religion, I didn't really care that much. No, Friday was Matthew Good with, oh, Pla- with Plants and Animals. Yeah, I cared even less about that uh, than Bad was, Religion. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, I, my plan was try to, to like go to shows that were not headliners and I kind of did that, I guess. You know. Kind of, yeah, I guess you did. It's like I sort of did that. No, you went to protest at least. Yeah, I went to protest, and then Sunday I didn't go to North Northeast at all. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, yeah. It was it was weird because I had to cover North by Northeast, but then I also knew that I wouldn't be going to North by Northeast for a lot of the days because like mm-hmm. Friday I had the barbecue, 
and I, I didn't think I was going to go to anything afterwards. Have you started writing your piece on it? Oh, yeah, like, I already wrote the first three days of it, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, you were doing it as you went along. Yeah, right doing, it, doing it day by day. I, think, I figured maybe you'd take notes and then... No, and I'm posting it on Facebook. Where have you been? God damn it. Not on Facebook. God damn it, Corey. <laughs> That's not even true. I was on Facebook all damn day yesterday. <laughs> Come on. I don't know why I didn't there see your There were three coverage. full days of North by Northeast coverage. Didn't, show up, there, my, didn't show up on my news feed. What a dick. Stalk me more. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, um, yeah, what else happened? Got a free GameCube. Cool, why? Uh, went to go pick some stuff up from Craigslist. The guy was trying to was like moving and just trying to get rid of shit, and he was like, you want this GameCube? I was like, yeah. Are you going to play it? Can I take it? No. <laughs> so, well, okay, so here's the deal. So he gave me just the cube of it. Like, he didn't have the power cables or anything. Mm. So I was like, so over the past week, I've been, like, trying to look for cables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I found one guy, and I was like, hey, I don't need your GameCube. Will you just sell me the cables? And he was like, I'm trying to get rid of the GameCube, but I'll sell it to you for 25 bucks. So to get the cables, I ended up having to buy another GameCube. <laughs> but I'm selling that one to Adam for 10 bucks. <laughs> this is craziness. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. But anyways, it's been working out, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, so so today, or tomorrow, by tomorrow, I will have all of it completed, and I will be able to, to play Animal Crossing. Play, well, I won't be playing Animal sweet, Crossing. Sweet, sweet Animal Crossing. No, I'll be playing Rogue Leader and Metroid Prime. That's my plan. Animal Crossing I might get into, but I feel like, like, I need, when I play games, I like games to be games, like... Animal Crossing... You're not like a is, sim guy. Yeah, it's not enough of a game for me. Yeah, fair enough. I, I just, can't handle I really, it. Like, I, need, I really like the atmosphere. Yeah, I'm it. sure. And, you know, that's great. Like, Animal Crossing is a really well-made game. Yeah, but it's it like, I need I need more, like, immediate goals. Yeah, right on. Generally. I kind of like the monotony of doing stuff I get, you don't want to do no, in real I totally life in a video game. I really want to play through a Harvest Moon game. Yeah, so I've never done they, that. That seemed kind of cool. Yeah. But I've just never got... Like, I, I, and I had, I had the DS Animal Crossing for a little while... Which is like the same thing as the GameCube, yeah. essentially. And I like I was really into it for the first little bit when you have to pay off the guy, and it's like, oh, you have to do this stuff, and they're just sort of teaching you how to use everything. Right. And that, I was really into it, and then it sort of opened up, and I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Crippled by choices. Yeah, it was <laughs> crippled by choices, absolutely. Just like not guided, and I, just, I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, what have you been doing this week? Chilling. <laughs> Word. I have the next two days off, which I'm really kind of stoked about. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> I started yeah. I started work sort of last week. Oh, yeah. Cool. Opening up I, that I, pool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sounds like you laze around all day. Yep. I got paid 30 bucks to sit around. <laughs> that's awesome. That And that is why you get your lifeguard certifications. Yeah. Yeah, true that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start my internship next week. I'm pretty excited about cool. that. Cool. And that is what has been going on. What up? I've been partying all weekend. Yeah, you have. Everyone's been partying all weekend. Yeah, and that's what the weekend's all about. Yeah, I'm pretty tired from partying. Me too. I'm still tired. Yeah, the other thing was that last night we decided to drink a bunch of tequila in the car on the way to Real Big Fish. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, like, that's, that's what I'm talking Adam about. Adam had like almost a whole water bottle full of tequila between me and him and like a little bit of help from Steph. We polished it off. Hmm. And so, but the thing with that show is that it was so sweaty and hot that I, like, didn't even realize I was drunk mm. until it stopped. And then I was like, oh boy, I'm drunk. <laughs> then we went to Pizza Pizza, I got some chicken bites. Nice. And that's my story. Cool story, bro. Thanks, Holmes. <laughs> Man, you ever notice that the song, uh, off of Roar's mini album, I Can't Handle Change, the song Christmas Kids, mm-hmm. is about Ronnie and Phil Spector? No. 
I never noticed it either, and I always had a suspicion, because it has this kind of, like, you know, 50s kind of pastiche style going on, and, like, you know, he's singing all about Ronette, my dear, and, like, mm. uh, you know, he sings some other lines about where he's saying, like, if you ever try to leave me, Ronnie, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what put it together for me is when I was listening to it today, then, like, it goes into the other section where, you know, where I guess he's suddenly singing from Ronnie's perspective, and she goes, like, and he sings, uh, you know, like, Phil's name is just mentioned once, she goes, like, Phil... I don't even remember which mm. part it is, but it's like, uh, I'm leaving Phil, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. wow. And I was like, oh, this song is about Phil and Ronnie Spector. And that makes a ton of sense because, you know, Phil Spector is on the cover of that album. Yeah, true. I guess that cover is Phil and Ronnie Spector. I thought it was Phil Spector and Amy Winehouse. Mm, maybe that is, it does look like Amy Winehouse. I'm pretty sure it's on but one side. But I feel side. like it's Ronnie Spector. That would all, I don't know what Ronnie Spector looks like. Yeah. But I know on one side it's definitely Phil Spector, and then yeah, on the other that is side, I think I it's supposed to be Amy Winehouse. I'm going to look up what Ronnie Spector looks like. But we should keep talking, because I'm not going to be editing this. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's totally her. Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's Phil yeah, Ronnie Spector. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I never, uh, it's all coming together. Yep. <clears throat> cool. Cool stuff. Man, that album's good. Yeah. Damn. Damn, son. I was talking to Emily about it because she listened to it and she just nice. like mentioned, she was like, yeah, I liked Roar. And I was like, which one did you listen to? And she was like, I can't, I can't handle change. Or she was like the mini one. And I was like, well, they're both mini, but I think yeah, I one only, is mini. I think I, yeah, I think I only gave her that one. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, the beauty of that one being 15 minutes is that you can just like listen to it again after you're done. And she was yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's <laughs> hard yeah. not to. Yeah. You just can't put it down. Yeah, it's great. Um, all right, well, uh, what have you been listening to, Corey? You got anything? Uh, I feel I've recently reclaimed the XX for myself again. Great. Because, you know, Good. I talked about how I kind of feel like my <laughs> last girlfriend kind of took them from me. Mm-hmm. I let her, but yep, she's still but no, no. Yeah, no, stolen. It's, and you can't control those things either. It's like, yeah, you know, any, anything you associate with any other person is always going to like... Yeah, because there's no fucking logic to it. It's strictly emotion. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to control emotion. But yeah, I guess I started listening to it again the other day and like... And it just, like, felt right again. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, actually, though, because, uh, you know, while we were breaking up, and even a bit after we'd broken up, we were still kind of talking a bit and whatever, and she thought of that album as being, like, a really good breakup album. But to me, what that album was was always kind of like the album where, like, I was happy the two of us were together, and that album was kind of, like, you know, meant that to me. I think it's interesting how we both had those very separate interpretations of it. Now I kind of see it both ways. I kind of understand how she saw it. That album is mostly sad. (laughs) It is. It's very... It's sad, but it's also romantic. It's very bittersweet. Yeah. I guess a little bit. For sure. They played uh, played some new stuff at a show recently. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yo, the XX are coming here. Sweet when? Uh, It's the weekend that I'm not going to be able to see them. It's the weekend that... uh, It's the Canoe Trip weekend. Oh, bummer. But if you end up not going on the canoe trip... Then I can see the XX. You can go see the XX, which <laughs> is pretty cool. good. I didn't, I didn't see that on Rotate, this. They might not have tickets out yet. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it just it recently got announced, like maybe a week ago or something. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What have you been listening to? Um, so, I, I listened to a, a couple things. So I, I, the first thing I listened to was, was uh, The Future of the Left... Which is, uh, or sorry, that, that's the band. The album's called The Plot Against Common Sense. It was on the front page of Sputnik. You may have seen it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I think I did. It's fucking awesome. Like, that album is so damn good. It's like... What is it? So it's like noise rock. It's just like really noisy, punky kind of stuff. But I wouldn't... It's not punk music, though, at all. It's kind of like, you know, Battles? The band Battles? You've heard them in my car before, right? Yeah. They're sort of like this weird... They're mostly instrumental... Kind of math rock? Not really mathy, no, but... I think I'm getting confused with another band. Maybe. Uh, is Do they have the album cover where it's like this crazy thing with like drums and mirrors and stuff? And it was like a really kind of like yeah. popular album. Yeah, because the album's called other... Mirrored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay. they're a little mathy for sure. Like they definitely have... Like, yeah, I remember when like the hype train for that album was rolling. I listened to it a really long time well, ago. Well, their newest one, Gloss Drop, had a lot of hype surrounding it as well. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so th this band kind of sounds like Battles if Battles were a punk band and had vocals. Um, it's just like really, really kind of insane song structures and like weird sounds all over the place. And it's also like the lyrics are really funny, um, but also very like political and you know, the album's called The Plot Against Common Sense. So it's like this kind of like idea of people getting stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really, really great album. Actually, Bomb Music Industry are playing with them pretty soon oh, neat. in fucking Brooklyn. It's fucking Brooklyn. <laughs> God damn. We gotta live in Brooklyn. We gotta go live in Brooklyn, man. Brooklyn has all the good shows. Don't I don't know about you, but I really want to see Roar and Bomb Music Industry and Laura Stevenson play a show together. Yeah, we can see them like every night. Yeah, <laughs> it's like every week. Yeah, uh, we we really are missing out on that. Yeah, man, moving to Brooklyn. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that album is pretty pretty amazing. I would recommend it. I think it's like their third album or something. I don't really know much about that band. Hmm. Um, the other thing I listened to was Killer Mike's new album, Rap Music, which is think about it? Uh, produced by LP. Right, yeah. And uh, I I listened to it because I thought I would be able to see him because right. he was opening he for, was... Uh, for Raekwon. He, he actually wasn't opening for Raekwon. He wasn't at Dundas Square. He was playing at a club. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was, okay. True. I didn't know either, but I didn't know. But it was like before Raekwon, so like he was playing at like eight or something, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe that, that must be why I misinterpreted that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I've been trying to listen to it, and I can't get into it at all. Yeah, I sort of feel the same way. It's I think the beats are really cool. I the think beats the are LP is, interesting. A, is a really interesting producer. He is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, like, lyrically, I'm just not connecting with it at yeah. all. It just sounds like gangster rap. Yeah, like that was... Southern gangster that was, rap. That was my problem as well, where it didn't, yeah. it didn't feel like... Like, his flow was okay. Yeah, and like, totally, yeah. He has a cool flow. Yeah, but, like, it didn't feel like he was... It didn't feel like he was spitting anything particularly interesting. Yeah. Uh, vocally or, or like. Like lyrically. I kind of imagined to be sort of on the level of like a big boy, and yeah. he totally isn't. He's definitely not. And yeah, it is a it is a is an okay album. It's pretty good. The production is definitely interesting. You should, if you like LP's production, you should listen to well, probably any of his albums. But the one I'm familiar with is called. Uh, uh, I guess I don't even remember, <laughs> but. Uh, but I will, like, I'll find it on my yeah, iPod yeah. or whatever and suggest it to you. Cause it's I listen cool. well, to his newest one. He has recently. crazy lyrics. He's yeah, fucking, no. he's so interesting. He's pretty interesting, yeah. I listened to his newest one. Okay. When it, and I thought that one was pretty cool. I, I couldn't, like, get, it was like I couldn't get too into it. I, was, I listened to it yeah, while Yeah, he's really tight. It's really like, dense. Yeah, it, yeah, very. And I was, like, listening to it as I was playing, I was playing Torchlight at the time, I guess, mm. or Diablo, one of the two, just because, like, those are games where you can just, like, click on things and kill them, and then just, like, listen to something in the background. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, it was, like, kind of hard to focus on it. I like um, the atmosphere of video games to remain intact. I agree. It's not, like... I agree, usually. But this one's very, like, it's very, like, it's like a dungeon crawler kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's... You can sort of... There's no plot or anything. And right, like, yeah. There's kind of, like... A, there's, like, a couple music tracks. I imagine Diablo has decent music. 
Diablo does have good music. So did, so did Torchlight, but it's like... And yeah, it's very atmospheric, too. And I like playing Diablo with the sound on, but sometimes it's like, I want to listen to music, but I also want to play Diablo. Yeah. And that's like a thing that I can do. Like, I usually do not listen to music while I play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there are times. There are certain games where I think it's acceptable. Yeah, right Diablo on. is one of those games. Um, <clears throat> anyways. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I thought his new one was pretty cool, but... Uh, I, I do want to check out more LP because he does seem like a really fascinating person, just like production wise and yeah. lyrically and everything. For sure. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything else to talk about, Lauren? Uh, I listened today. I haven't been listening to anything new really, but I, uh, you know, I've just been listening to whatever I'm listening to at any given time, and you know, usually that entails just songs. But I listened. Uh, to Against Me's first release, the acoustic EP today. Oh, I've listened, you know what? Of I times. listened to that recently for my first time, actually. For your first time ever? Yeah. Wow, nice. I used I'm to, glad I brought it up. Yeah, that's actually true. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because I haven't, I never really got into their EPs. Like, I never even really tried. Mm. I never, but I'm, it was actually, it was after, because I read the, 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 the Rolling Stone article about Tom Gable's sex change mm-hmm. has, uh, like, the full article is out now. Like, you can, oh, you can cool. read it on the internet now. Yeah, I and, uh, So I was reading through that, and after I read that, I was like, I want to go listen to some Against Me. Yeah. But I only had the acoustic EP on my computer, so I listened to that. And great EP. Yeah, I love it's it. So it's, it's always been my favorite Against Me release. Like, I think that those songs work really well as that kind of, like, folk punk style, and I think that, like, it's such a perfect selection of songs. <coughs> Yeah, there's a lot of really good songs on there. And a lot of songs that they never recorded since. Like, they didn't do, uh... Only one. Only, uh, we Armageddon. Did all, we and, did, and we, we did, did Alpha Dawn. Dawn, right. Yeah. In fact, they did record Armageddon. We did Alpha Dawn, I think, is the one they didn't record. Is Armageddon on Maybe Crime? Maybe two of them. Is Armageddon on Crime? Mm, Maybe in, like, a full band version? I th- I think it might be on Reinventing Axl Rose. It also made, actually... It's not. It's it, not. It, it actually may only be on no. the acoustic EP. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like the four tracks on there that ended up on Reinventing Axl Rose, I like a lot more on the acoustic EP. Oh, that's funny, because I like them more on Reinventing Axl Rose, for mm-hmm. the most part. You know, for me, I guess, like, I connected to Against Me for the first time through the acoustic EP, right. so those are always kind of the versions that, like, you know, that meant the most to me, I guess. Yeah. That I connected to the most. Uh, I mean, I think I think re- the song Reinventing Axl Rose, I think, is better with a full band. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it deserves it. Like, I think it needs it. It, it definitely it's a gives cool it a, song. You know, it just gives it like the drive that you can tell he really wanted to capture on that EP, and he captures it yeah. really well on that EP. Yeah, but I feel I like just so. having that drums and sort of speeding it up just a little bit. And yeah, just like drives it home a little better. Yeah, fair. Makes it more punk. Yeah, totally. that, that song is like the most punk song on that album. For yeah, sure. well, it's so like it's you know it has like such the perfect kind of like it encapsulates the spirit of against me really really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like that song is cheapened at all by, like, the recent turns that they've made in their sound? No. Because it doesn't really seem, you know, I guess I don't know too much about Against Me now. Yeah. And, like, it, I'm not really, I haven't been digging anything they've put out in a really long time. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like they've, you know, exactly sold out or anything either. Sound-wise, they totally have. Their lyrics have, their lyrics are still good. But that's the thing, but... like, that matters a lot more. You know, I feel like there might have been fans of The Clash who felt betrayed by London Calling just because it went in a different direction musically. Mm. But lyrically, they still absolutely have the same spirit. I guess and so. that's really what counts at the end of the day. You know, Against Me never seem like they're making songs for the radio. No, definitely. But, oh, uh, well, I mean... I guess I, I was a teenager. New Wave and White kinda... Crosses are both very, like, radio rock, and they're both, mm-hmm. they're both very, like... like Searching for former clarity is definitely less punky than some of their than their first two full lengths are, but uh, 
you know, I would never have guessed that from that album they would have gone into, like, the radio rock territory that they went mm-hmm. into with New Wave. And I love New Wave. I think New Wave's a great album. Mm-hmm. I thought White Crosses was total garbage. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I did not like the single on that album. Yeah. I mean, that single has good lyrics, too, but, yeah, yeah the song is fucking horrible. Um... I, I don't know, I just, I remember when that album came out, and I've sort of come, become more at peace with it, but it's like, what does it mean when the band that used to sing about wanting to, uh, you know, wanting a band that's all about the music, and not about the commerce, and not about mm-hmm. beer or anything, and just, like, about the music. But the thing, it kind it's of like, seems like, where does that go when, like, it's like, how do you... How do you reconcile that with the same band then moving on into like very mainstream territory later on in life? But you know, again, it seems like it's not, it's like even if they move their sound in a more commercial direction, it doesn't seem like they are necessarily doing it as a concession to mainstream audiences. It seems. If anything, maybe they just kind of wanted to make their sound a bit popular. I think, uh, but I they think still hold the same value. I think it's totally for the money, straight mm-hmm. up. Because I think, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't begrudge um, Tom or Lord Jane Grace, I guess, for it because uh, you know she has kids now. Yeah. It was like that album came out. Like I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna okay, I'm, I'm gonna refer to him as Tom Gable just because on that album he was Tom Gable. So, and because I'm talking about him back then. I'm just gonna say Tom Gable, just so you know. Fair enough. I guess in the future we're gonna have to. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. When they come out with new albums, when they come out with new albums and talk about them, yeah, I'll I'll call her Laura Jane Grace. But back at the time, she was a he, and it was Tom Gable. So I'm gonna use that. Anyways, um, so back in that time, you know, he had like just had kids and whatever. So yeah, you know, he wants to reach a point where he can support his kids, and so mm-hmm. whatever, get a mainstream sound where you can make a lot of money. And you know, sure, you know, it's like it's like when you fight on the front lines of 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 punk of underground punk for that long, like yeah, you should get your due at that point. Yeah, you know why sure. not? And I don't begrudge begrudge them that at all. Even uh, you know, I think but again, it seems like as much as maybe even if they are ha- making clear commercial concessions, they still are about the music and not about the commerce. I'm not so sure how true that is anymore. Lyrically, you're right. But that's but, but to me that's more kind of important because like, you know, if they're still carrying the spirit of being about the music, then I think that matters more than their sound. Yeah, but if you make them if, if you make the change, if you cha- but it it's like if you're changing yourself for the money, then you're compromising at that point. Sure. And you're not you're not staying true to that original spirit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they still enjoy what they're doing, I think that counts for a lot. Like, I watched this interview the other day, uh, who is a big Canadian personality who interviews people on CBC. Uh, Gian, what's his name? No. George Strombolopoulos. Strombo. George yeah. Strombolopoulos. I was watching this interview he did with Gene Simmons a few years ago, and, uh, you know, Gene Simmons made the sort of interesting point, as much as I feel like I've heard him say this in a million variations before, like any Gene Simmons interview I watch. It's always most interesting when I hear him talking about fresh topics, yeah. because he is often just repeating the same stuff in interview from interview to interview, so when he's like actually seems to be thinking on the spot about something, yeah. he clearly comes off as a much more intelligent person than the dimwit who's just trying to sell Kiss to everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, in this particular thing he was talking about... Like, you know, why, who says you have to love what you do, you know, and he's talking about kind of all these people who go out to jobs they don't like every day to support themselves, and I guess his point is kind of why can't 
performers and entertainers kind of do it the same way. Why yeah, does why is, does there have to be some kind of like yeah. authenticity there that doesn't exist in other career choices? Yeah, and I think the reason for that is because you know that is seen as art. Exactly because yeah. we because we have a personal connection to it and it feels <coughs> if we're being cheated otherwise. Yeah, because it, it doesn't feel like you know so it doesn't feel like. They don't feel like performers, they feel like artists. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, it's true, and I think that's the the clearest argument, but it was an interesting point Yeah, of kind of like, why can't they just be... And, you know, I think it's cool because that idea that they are about the fans as much as they're about the fans because the fans give them money, it's kind of like, you know, they will, as we've talked about here before, like, they'll bust their humps for the yeah, sake of their fans, definitely. and like, you know, perfor- you know, they're doing it... Yeah, they're working rather than, you know playing for themselves which i guess some fans like but you know they're really giving the fans what they want i think yeah you know it's it's interesting because fans will complain when an artist is doing something quote unquote for themselves and not for the fans then they'll also complain about people like gene simmons who are supposedly taking advantage of their fans by working for them and i'm sure we've both done that on various occasions what do you mean? This, but like, you know, criticize both yeah. sides. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm usually a lot more open to an artist kind of doing what they want. Yeah. Where I'd be more, where I would be more inclined to criticize an artist for doing it for the fans. Yeah. Speaking of or which. Or doing just what the fans want, right? Speaking of which, I listened to that uh, D. Snyder song you posted. Oh, yeah. Which it, one did like, I post? Uh, Cabaret. Yeah, that was my favorite it's one. It's fucking good. Yeah, it's sweet. Like really good. <laughs> it's a really good version of Cabaret. I didn't, I didn't go listen to that album, but yeah. like, I thought that was, that was like really entertaining. Yeah, the album has a few highlights. For me, that was definitely the main one, though. It was a perfect one to open off the really album cool. with. Um, Alright, so yeah. So, do we have any more? Oh yeah, so actually, speaking of Against Me, I, that was one of the things I listened to this week. I listened to Reinventing Axl Rose again, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, not a new album for me at yeah, all. Yeah, of course. But I was just listening to it and just thinking about how great that album is. Yeah, you know, I, because that album sort of, for me, it always was like in between the acoustic EP and... As the Eternal Cowboy, which is such an incredible album, so it's always kind of disappeared into those albums. Really, for me. I've never That's gotten really into it. It also always just felt like it has a bit too many songs and stuff. Again, this is because I initially connected to a lot of those songs right. off the acoustic EP, and other than like Baby M and Anarchist, a lot of the songs that weren't already on the acoustic EP didn't do as much oh, for man. me. Eight Full Hours of Sleep is on that. That's a good one too. Oh, that yeah. sounds so good. Mm-hmm. God, I don't know. I really like that album. I like. I really like their first two albums. I need to get more of their EPs too. I need to get the Crime EP and hmm. is there another one? I think there's I don't three know. of them. I'm only familiar with the first one. True. Yeah. All right. So the other thing that happened this week is that I started watching. I started rewatching Space. Nice. With Emily, getting her into it. Simon Pegg is the original thing. I'm just telling the people. Yeah. Well, it's Simon <laughs> Pegg, and I mean specifically, it's important to know that it's Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, who yeah. was the director. It was like their first collaboration. And it also has Nick Frost in it, who is Simon Pegg's, uh, who has since turned into Simon Pegg's counterpart, sort mm-hmm. of, like, his acting counterpart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great that show. That show is amazing. It's so funny. But the reason why I bring this up is that I also noticed that the music in that show is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I went and I downloaded that, uh, the soundtrack. Yeah. I used to have the soundtrack on my iPod. I don't know why I don't yeah. anymore because it is pretty good. There's some pretty cool music on there. It's it's long. It's a long yeah. soundtrack, and a lot of a lot of those songs go on for way too long. Mm-hmm. But generally, Wait, no, that's a good encapsulation of the London. I guess you know, it is kind of right. Ecstasy club C, and those songs will go on for way too long. And that's also like this is old shit. You know, this is like it's like late nineties. Yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff yeah. which which makes it which I like like I like that sound generally yeah. for the most part. That's a good time for electronic cool. music. Yeah. 
Like that is whatever whatever genre that would fall into. Like I feel like it falls into like the garage, like UK garage. Probably, I think. At least or most like of whatever it does. the predecessor to that scene is, or to that style. Yeah. Well, UK garage would have been around the 90s, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I I thought it was pretty cool. It is long, and uh, the songs can get a little boring as they go on. But like generally, just cool sounds that I like a lot. Good quotes too. Yeah, I like that. The quotes really good. good quotes. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino really changed how you put a soundtrack together when he made the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. I don't think he was the first one to put to put quotes from. I his, don't know. Uh, He's credited as being the first is he? one. Like that's credited as being a really kind of groundbreaking soundtrack in that's that regard. I never. Yeah. And even just changing the way that pop songs were used in films altogether. That's definitely true. But I mean, yeah, that, that stuff has always been interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not the first person to juxtapose a happy R&B song with, like, an active extreme no, violence. No, but I think he yeah. was the first to kind of really kind of consciously put together a set of songs that kind of feels like a collection of songs, mm. you know, in that, in the case of Reservoir Dogs, obviously, like, from the 70s or whatever. I don't know. I wonder if that's true because, you know, you have, you have, you have, you know, you still have, like, older movies that have one artist for the entire soundtrack. Exactly. You know, like, like and that's different. Or, like, so what are you what are you saying? Because that's what a lot of soundtracks in the seventies were like. Whereas Quentin Tarantino made a compilation. I see. And like put it together. And that st- stuck with like rather one than sort of like style. Ra- yeah, exactly. Yeah, rather than, or not even necessarily stuck with one sort of style. Although Reservoir Dogs coincidentally does. Yeah. But uh, you know, just that it it does feel like a collection of songs that even stand alone apart from the film. You know, rather than like the '70s, where it was kind of like an artist or a band would do the whole soundtrack, or the '80s, where you would get like a pop artist to do one or two or three songs, then mm-hmm. mostly still score and stuff. Quentin Tarantino really kind of like brought in no score and all. But you know, that's popular not the, songs. again not the first one to do that. Like The Graduate does that. The like, Graduate is all is mostly Simon and Garfunkel. And but again, that's the difference. They didn't. There is a score, and there is Simon and Garfunkel. I don't think there's a score in that in that movie. I think it's you're un- right. Maybe or it was like, just Simon or like Harold Her- Her- Maude, which also is like the right. same thing. Exactly. Like, there's no score in Harold Maude. There's only cats. But Stevens again, songs. that's the thing. It's like those are you know artists they commissioned to do the soundtrack. Right. 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 And not pre-existing them putting songs. together. Yeah. I feel like some of those songs were already. They were pre-existing. They were. Right. But like, but they were still. You know, it was still the choice of the filmmaker to have the art, and that was a really yeah. groundbreaking thing. Yeah, you're right. When the Graduate came out, I guess. I guess the interesting thing is also that like, Reservoir Dogs also ties in the music into like the universe of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it's because it's all the from radio yeah, it's all from like that one fake radio station. Yeah. That they which create. is partially why the Pulp Fiction soundtrack holds up better because it has a more variety. Of, yeah, definitely. It, you know, it's interesting. It has soul and surf. And, it's just kind of the know. it's just kind of the nature of those two movies. And you know, country. like Reservoir Dogs is a movie that takes place in a for the most part in a single location. Yeah, and like has you know it takes place over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. Or it's like it's like that movie basically happens in real time, not entirely, but basically. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is much more sprawling. Yeah. It only makes sense a soundtrack would be more exactly. Sprawling yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. And let's go watch those movies. I like how even in Kill Bill, like he doesn't, and in Glorious Bastards, he doesn't like get anybody to score anything he just takes pieces from scores from I older think movies. Inglorious Bastards had a score I don't think so also I, because some... Inglorious Bastards used a lot of like Ennio Morricone and stuff no did it oh, I'm yeah, pretty it. sure yeah was it or was it just in the style of no I think it was interesting I think it was like songs that he had already scored like used mm. in previous films also uh, like Kill Bill like the RZA did some music for Kill that's Bill that's true specifically. yeah 
That is true. Like I know that for for a fact. Mm-hmm. But but even even a lot of that stuff because you know RZA at this point is in his like world music kind of thing. So even like a lot of the songs on Killable are taken from like older folk. Yeah. Folk recordings of and like any Japanese recordings. songs and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> uh yeah. So yeah, soundtracks. Let's go watch Reservoir Dogs. I really want to watch Kill Bill because a few weeks ago I was hanging out late at night with some friends and uh, and they were watching Kill Bill Part Two, but I had to leave because you know because were you not around when we watched both of them in the same night? I was. That was like years ago though. Yeah. And like watching and I kind of forgot how good they were and like watching the beginning of Kill Bill Part Two and be like, wow, I've got to go back and like rewatch these two movies and reevaluate them because I've always held them in kind of lower regard than the other foolish films I've seen. Those movies are definitely better than Inglorious Bastards was. Yeah, I I I need to rewatch them. Did you see the trailer for Django Unchained? Not yet. I oh, didn't watch it yet. It looks fucking rad. Yeah, I know it's out there. I don't know why. It I looks so good. It. I'm so pumped. Mostly because I hate trailers. It's pretty much just Inglorious Bastards, but with black people instead of Jews. Huh. So is it like a black exploitation kind of? <laughs> well, it's shit? it's about it's about a black guy who is a slave who escapes from his captors and goes to kill a bunch of like a bunch of slave runners. Cool. Yeah. Man, Quentin Tarantino loves that theme. He loves, yeah, he loves minority revenges. Yeah. Revenge movies. That's like, That's been, like, his thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty awesome. That cast is pretty great. It has, you know, like, the main... But, yeah, I mean, he also just makes a lot of really interesting uh, commentary on, like, black America ever since yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's true. And it's very small. Like, you know, those are never, like, the prevailing themes yeah, exactly. in his movies, but he does Except always... probably in Jackie Brown, which I haven't seen. I also have not seen Jackie Brown. But yeah, definitely those first two movies uh, re- do deal in, in sort of interesting ways with, like, racial tensions. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I... I would watch Kill Bill. I feel like I've watched it too recently to rewatch it. And, and like, Kill Bill's probably the movie of him, especially Kill Bill 1, is probably the movie of his that I've seen the most. Mm. Um, also, Emily has seen the Kill Bill movies, and she's never seen Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. Mm. So I, I want to watch those. Yeah, she has to see Pulp Fiction. you got to see both those movies. Both those movies are amazing. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is just more difficult. I'm not sure if that's true. I, I think, a, like, a lot of people have a harder time sitting through Reservoir Dogs. Because because Pulp Fiction is just more accessible. Like, it's just more, and a more guess. exciting movie. I guess so. Reservoir Dogs is also like it is really. A lot more going on. Reservoir Dogs is more immediately violent. Exactly. It's, and more it's more, more realistically. Dark. Yeah, more realistically violent, especially. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is, yeah, less yeah. less gritty. Yeah, I guess so. It's also just a better movie. I go really back and forth on it. I remember the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs, and I was like, man, that was even better than Pulp Fiction. But I've definitely come back around to see it. Yeah. That Pulp Fiction's clearly just superior. I guess it is, but, like, it's such a it's it's by such a small amount for yeah. me. Yeah, me too, me too. Reservoir that Dogs is, is super cool. Yeah, I, I do really love Reservoir Dogs. I did a scene from Reservoir Dogs in school this Which past year. Which one did you do? It was great. Which one did you do? Uh, the scene, like, in the beginning when, like, I, I was... Oh, right, uh, you were Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah, I was Mr. Pink, <laughs> and, like, the other dude was Mr., uh... I don't even remember. Uh, the old guy. Mr. White. Mr. White, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was He was Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Keitel. And then that, and it turned out to be one of my best scenes of the year, too. Awesome. Um, what was I going to say? So when you when you did that, like, was it really hard to, like, get away from Steve Buscemi's performance A little bit at first, but, you know, like, as an actor, I've kind of gotten a lot better at, you know, being able to take performances I'm really familiar with and still kind of, like, turn off the my awareness in my mind and just kind of shift it back into being about me and not about the performer I'm familiar with. That's impressive. I feel like any time I was, if I, if I was ever going to do that kind of thing, 
Like, I would just be doing an impersonation at that point. Yeah, like, and, you know, him and I are both big fans of Reservoir Dogs, me and the guy I did the scene with, so I feel like at first maybe we even unconsciously were doing that, but we definitely turned it into our own scene. Awesome. That's wicked. Yeah. Um, all right, the other thing I was listening to, and this is, again, another album that, other albums that I'm very familiar with, which is that after I saw Protest the Hero, I got bit by the Protest the Hero bug, and, uh, so yeah, I went back and listened to Fortress and Kazaya. And those albums are still really good, but yeah, I've what always, can I say? Yeah, I've always dug Kazaya. Yeah, it, well, that, that, listening to those two, especially like in such a short period as I did, made it readily apparent that Fortress is a much better album than Kazaya is. You know, I think now I still that... like Kazaya a lot. Like, I will, I will never speak ill of it, mm-hmm. but Fortress is very clearly, to me, much better. Yeah, now that I've been like really, really into metal like more than even ever before, and kind of like feel like I've really kind of like lost <laughs> a lot of... The, my burgeoning metal elitism of the past, I feel like I'd get a lot more into the rest of what Protest the Hero have to offer. Because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of it was almost just kind of like feeling like when I listened to Fortress, like it didn't have a lot of the elements that appealed to me about Kazaya and also didn't really feel like real metal but was trying to, mm. you know, quote-unquote real metal. Sure. So like I feel like now I would be a lot more open to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have much to say about those, other than that they're just like really good. Yeah, good albums. Love them. Pump me up. Get me like real pumped. They're really complicated and great. And I look like Rody Walker sometimes. Yeah, sometimes when you have short hair. Not anymore, really, because he doesn't have. He doesn't wear glasses anymore. Mm. And his hair is way different than yours now. It's kind of like it's straight. It's, he's got a little beer belly now too. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's a sweet dude because he just like. I remember reading this interview once with him where he just talked about how he loves to listen to country music and smoke cigarettes. And yeah. Those are like his favorite things to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's he awesome. loves smoking cigarettes especially. Yeah. He loves that shit. <laughs> yeah, Rudy, Rudy Walker is a polarizing figure for a lot of people, but I have always loved him. Really? Why? He, says, like sweet he says a lot of things that are like somewhat controversial. Like what? <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to get into it. It's I'm like interested in what Rody Walker says. It's this controversial. was a, lo- a long, long time ago, but he was on Much Music with um, with the bass player, who was brown, and he called him, I think he called him a sand nigger, mm. which is, like, really bad. Yeah. And, like, they're friends, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah, of course. But it's, like, a bad thing to say on TV, and a yeah. lot of people got pretty pissed about that. Yeah, or, like, I mean, I'm or sure maybe, that the bass is just Or maybe it wasn't on it. TV. Maybe it was just in some video, and then the guy from Much Music confronted him about it on TV. Hmm. And his reasoning was, like, well, you know, he's brown. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty, it's, like, you know, weird thing. He, and, and just because Rody Walker is, like, a weird guy, like, he does a lot of, he just says weird things a lot of the time. But he's like funny. I think I think it's never actually in hatred, and it's always very tongue in cheek. Yeah, he kinda... seems like a sweet. dude. Yeah, like I've always liked him a lot. He's just a fucking weirdo, though. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I met him. I met him. He's really nice. Guy. Oh, cool. You met him. Uh, Not no no no. I, I've just I've met all the. Oh, in the hero. past, I've met them all except for Tim. And Tim now he's a guy with a really long beard and a really long hair. He's now shaven, like no beard, no hair, and he looks a lot like Seth Rogen now, <laughs> like shockingly so. Um, yeah, he's the only one I have not met. I've met everyone else, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I have pictures. Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and yeah, Rody was the coolest one out of all of them. He was like yeah. the nicest and funniest one. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a personable guy. Yeah, he's really, he's really funny. Yeah. So that's what I listen to. Right I on. take this out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, Take my penis out of your mouth. Yeah, sorry, bro. I forgot. I forgot the mics were rolling. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else to no. talk about? 
Now you are, you I are, didn't really have anything at all. I've just been I've been coming up with it on the spot. <laughs> it's just what I listened to today. I listened to an <laughs> album by the Thinking Bluegers. <laughs> I'm not making shit up. No, I'm talking about what I've been listening to the last few days. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of yeah. Fish because I'm getting really excited to go see Fish. Yeah, I guess that's pretty soon, eh? Yeah. Yeah, way cool. Very, very cool. Um. Yeah. Oh man, what am I gonna do that week for podcasting? Because all of my friends... Sammy are... will be here. Mm, that's true. Sammy uh, always wants to do the podcast. Yeah, he, uh, he does. He does. <laughs> He's like Stanley. Yeah. He's like Stanley in Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess I'll be doing one with Sammy then. As long as he's available, I guess that, that's what's going to happen that weekend. Sweet. I'll be excited to listen to it. That's going to be pretty You know, I still never listened cool. to the one you did with Tal. I've got to listen oh, to Oh, man, that. you should have. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to. I for, I've just forgotten about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, so let's get to some news, I guess. Cool. Which there isn't too much here. I see shit. Uh, well, Flaming Lips is Wayne Coyne. Uh, it has said that... He thinks his, the band's next album is going to be the best Flaming Lips album ever. Oh, I hate when people say that. No, but whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree, but who cares? Anyways, my, what, what I really... It's just always a problem, because that's when you know that maybe they're going to release a bad album. You know, I would think that, but Flaming Lips have been pretty consistent, other than that one shitty album mm-hmm. this decade. Well, the big news is that they are recording another album, which I am super excited for, because I'm sick of their fucking experimental yeah, bullshit. Yeah. I didn't listen to the collaboration album. I should listen to that. That's coming out pretty soon. That's actually coming out. Uh, that like that was out on Record Store Day, but it's coming out now on CD on mm. uh, on June twenty fifth. So I'll be picking that up probably, cool. or or I'll, I'll listen to it at least. Uh, but I, I imagine I'm probably not gonna like it very much. Yeah, so, I'm sure there'll be some neat tunes. Yeah, um, I really want to hear the song they did with Kesha. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm very curious about that. Um, they did one with Nick Cave too, which is pretty cool, and Bonnie that's, Bear. Like those are cool. all cool. And Nick Cave, did I just say Nick Cave? Yeah, I did. Sorry, I meant my morning jacket. Mm. And yeah, they've done all these things, so that'll be at least an interesting thing to listen to. Yeah, but I don't think it will be particularly good. Whereas I think Flaming Lips albums are mostly good. Yeah, they I just focus want, their energy yeah, to making an actual that's, album. That's again. all. That's all I want is just another Flaming Lips album that is good. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really weird thing. So, a cover of a Maroon 5 song. The, Maroon, the point that it's Maroon 5 is not what I'm talking about here. Okay. So, Maroon 5 have a song called Payphone that they are supposed to be released on... That was supposed to be released yesterday, and I guess it probably was. Um, but, uh, apparently a cover of the song hit the top ten singles chart before the song came out. Hmm. So it's by this band called Precision Tunes, um, who cover a lot of artists. They covered a Flo Rida song and a bunch of other things, like stuff by Drake and Nicki Minaj and Justin Bieber and stuff. And apparently their covers sometimes like reach like the top 100 or whatever. And uh, apparently this, 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 this cover went on the top 10 before the original song actually did. Um, so it reached number 14... It's number five on iTunes, or it was as of a couple days ago, whereas Maroon 5's original version isn't even out yet. Huh. Or it came out yesterday, but up until that point, it was not out yet. I just thought that was, like, really interesting Yeah, that's that bizarre. interesting. So I guess, like, apparently... What also weirds me out about it is that the single hasn't been released, but then I guess there's, it's still been playing on the radio? So I guess by single being... Yeah, cause I, th- I think I've heard a song with Maroon 5 and Wiz Khalifa yeah. at work. 
Yeah. So I guess that's what it is. I guess by releasing a single, they mean actually releasing it physically mm-hmm. or releasing it on iTunes. Or at least in the UK, it seems, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess Maroon 5 or not. Especially because this is enemy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Either way, I thought that was just like really, really weird. I don't really know how that happens. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Bonnie Bear is releasing a new EP. It's a live one. There's going to be seven songs on it. Comes out tomorrow. That's all. <laughs> just, you know, new release. Totally. Did you hear about the Chris Brown and Drake thing? Yeah. They got into a fight. I didn't really want to read the whole article, to be honest. Yeah, I, I didn't read the article at all, because I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't really give a fuck. I just figured I'd bring it up, because it was big news. Yeah. But. I just don't like doing, like, Perez Hilton style news. Yeah, sure. It's, there's Fine. no reason to. Great. And I'm so goddamn sick of holograms. Every week, new yeah, hologram I know. stories. That's why I didn't write it down, because I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So don't bring it up, because then we're going to have to talk about it. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to talk about the fact that I'm sick of it. I don't want to talk about it. The more you talk about it, God. the more other people hear about it. True. And then no, the more next, it happens, you know? So the re- Man, we gotta get the show on the radio. We're awesome. We are so good. I know, right? <laughs> we are so good. Yeah, you don't know why no one's listening. <laughs> we need a radio show because then people have to listen to exactly. us. Exactly. People listen to Roz and Mocha. They're a couple of tools. Yeah, fuck those guys. What a bunch of dicks. <laughs> They're stealing our thunder, bro. I know. We should, we should get we should get on satellite radio. That's what we should do. Yeah, we really should. Let's let's work on that for next week. I don't think <laughs> too loud, guys. Satellite radio. <laughs> Tune in on your Sirius XM box yeah. next week. We'll be there. It'll be the Too Loud Guys station. Yeah. That was number uh, 102, <laughs> which is probably a Playboy channel or something. And that's where our show is going to be. Yeah. Playboy channel. Yeah. Because we're a couple of Playboys. That's right. We're straight pimping all the time. Bam. Boom. Next piece of news. Next song. Um, Andrew WK is uh, giving a... She is beautiful. She is beautiful. That's the song, because I remember. Okay, I know, uh... It was when it's time to party, we will party hard, party yeah, hard. Yeah, that's the other one, for sure. Um, Andrew WK is giving a motivational speech at a My Little Pony convention. Do you know about this whole, like, subculture? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm very much aware of it, yeah. The Bronies, bronies yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's really... It's, it's dumb that they have a name, because what it really should be is just people like that show because it's well-written. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be. The I tried watching consensus. the show once because of this whole fan base, and it just like it was it seemed to me to be just another kid. I haven't watched it, but I know that there are two cartoon shows right now that are getting a lot of cred from people who are not kids. First one is My Little Pony, and the second one is uh, Adventure Time, hmm. which is like rave reviews from everyone. Interesting. Um, both uh, like both of those shows have found a very big audience beyond their original target. And yeah, I think it's weird because, you know, a lot of people really liked Powerpuff Girls when it was out. That was and an awesome show. Yeah, that was a great I like that show if it I, came out now. Yeah, I love Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, and that, that show was great. Yeah, that, like, holds up super well. Yeah. But, like, there was no subculture about dudes who liked Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, that's I find true. it very strange. I mean, I guess it's because it's My Little Pony, which is just kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's weird that there is yeah, a subculture. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls is a way better show. Yeah. Anyways, so he is going to be... Uh, Featured, oh man, my voice is going. He's going to be featured on a panel debate called What Would Pinkie Pie Do? Who is a party, and this character is a party-planning pink horse. <laughs> um, uh, the press statement said that Andrew W.K. is the real-life embodiment of the party pony. Okay. He'll give motivational tips on how to make your job as fun as your party, and your party as important as your job. <laughs> Sounds like Andrew W.K.? Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing, like, Andrew W.K. is just a hilarious person. Yeah, he's In terms a good, of his persona, of just, like, 
partying all the time, making statements that if he ever stopped partying, he might die. <laughs> um, asked if he thought he could die if he stopped partying. He replied, yes, for me anyway. I don't know if it's true for everybody. <laughs> It's not that I will die, but if I stop partying, it will lead to extreme complications in my well-being. And that will lead to death within potentially two minutes. <laughs> Despite his commitment to having non-stop fun, Andrew W... Okay, yeah, that's not that funny. Uh, yeah, anyways, so it's pretty funny. Just, that guy's character is great, and uh, I think it's it's pretty hilarious. Just He just loves to party. I mean, I remember... Who doesn't? Who doesn't, but he just parties all the time. It's his lifestyle. My girl wants to party, party all the time, time party, party all the time, party all the time. Uh, yeah, that's all the news I have. Cool. We got an email. I have news. Oh, do you have news? Why are you acting like I don't got nothing? You said you didn't have any news. I said I didn't see anything, but I said I had some stuff in my head. All right, well, do it then. All right. God. What news you got? Uh... So, firstly, I was excited to finally see some new Kiss news going on, uh-huh. but it had nothing to do with music. Do you hear the new Kiss news? No. It's a really strange marketing <laughs> tie-in. So, you know, uh, you know, Seth MacFarlane has, you know, stated that he is a fan of Kiss, and that's why, like, they've made many appearances on Family Guy. Always hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now, apparently, there's going to be this new line being marketed of, like, some Family Guy Kiss tie-in merchandising. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a really interesting idea. I don't know, like, apparently it's going to entail everything from bobbleheads to, I don't even know, to whatever. So, like, but I don't know if it's just going to be, like, a bunch of Kiss toys in the style of Family Guy. That's what I imagine. It'll be. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, like, Kiss as they appear in Family Guy. Yeah, but apparently, like, it's not just kind of, like, Family Guy toys of Kiss. It's, like, a whole line of marketing stuff that they're doing. So that's kind of interesting. Posters, bobbleheads, action figures, guitars... Yeah, but, like, other stuff. Like, I don't even know. I don't remember, but just kind of, like, stuff that seemed kind of weird. Mm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Speaking of marketing, um, Motorhead are coming out with a beer and a wine. Yeah. Jumping on board the aging rock bands. Sure, why shouldn't they? Yeah, I agree. Of all the bands whose style has never, ever changed throughout their career, Motorhead (laughs) probably do it best and do it still sounding as committed as they were when they were young. that's true. Um, uh, Yeah, so... On a new piece of news that actually has to do with music, Pantera, you know, the 20th anniversary of uh, their greatest achievement, Vulgar Display of Power, is coming up. So there's going to be a 20th anniversary release of it. And apparently, you know, Vinnie Pod Interview was kind of talking about the fact that Pantera worked real hard on their songs and really kind of like put it together and stuff. And like, so the 10 or 11 songs they released for the album would be all the songs they worked on. Huh. They didn't really have a lot of leftover tracks. Right. So this is sort of one of very few Pantera tracks from the vaults that's being released on this album. And it's called Piss. And uh, good. Uh, it's all right. You know, it sounds like a track off of All Good Power, which is cool. But it's, you know, it's clearly not like, you know, <laughs> like Vinnie Paul kind of said, like, I don't know why we left it off the album because it's a good track. And he's maybe right about that. But it kind of seems like maybe it would have been a weaker track on the album. Uh, but, you know, it's still cool to hear a, a track from Pantera in their prime that I hadn't already heard. As much as it just sounds like another Pantera song. Mm-hmm. You know, why should I have expected anything different? Mm-hmm. Actually speaking, I actually meant to mention this and I forgot. Passion Pit released a new song. I forget what it's called. I'm cool. going to put it up. It's great. I'm really looking forward to the new Passion Pit album. Right I'm on. Like super, super pumped. I hope they don't disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anything else? Nope. 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 Okay. We got an email. 
Here it is. You ready? Get a real university degree without studying. B-A-M-A M-B-A Ph.D. Obtain a real university degree in just two W-E-E-K-S. Yo, really? <laughs> yeah, bro. So that's from Muhammad Fadi. So uh, thanks, what? Muhammad. Thanks, Muhammad. Thanks, thanks a lot, your, buddy. Uh, I don't really know what that has to do with music, but right well, on. Yeah, I don't know. He just must have <laughs> caught wind of us and felt that, you know. He needed, maybe he thinks we're stupid. Maybe. That kind of seems insulting, Yo, fuck actually. you, Muhammad. He's like, you guys don't have degrees because you talk like idiots. Yo, what a dick. Fuck what that guy. jerk. Man. Get that guy off of our follow list. Yeah. I don't want him emailing the show again. No, what an asshole. Alright, so for June 18th, this has been Too Loud Guys with me, Daniel Korn. And me, Corey Gardner. One, two, three, four. Too Loud Guys. Too Loud Guys. Oh, and not a new version. Wait, I don't even remember how I also forget how it goes. You, you were doing it on guitar, you gotta figure it out. Oh, fuck, I lost the rhythm. It was just a good rhythm. You lost the rhythm. That's not it. That was oh. it, yeah, sorta. That. I don't know. Nah, okay. <laughs> I lost it. It was cool. Mwah, mwah. It, All was, right. it was good. We'll catch you guys next week.